Good day. It's September 26th. This is the one-year Bible tour guide, where we not only read portions from the Old and New Testaments each day, but we spend a few moments reflecting and summing up what we have just read. Our goal is to encourage each other to take in the full vista of Scripture. Jesus said that the Scriptures testify of Him, and we have seen that throughout our journey. The 66 books of the Bible are all Christotelic, meaning that they serve a purpose of advancing the plot, bringing forth the good news of God's plan of redemption centered in His Son, Jesus Christ. My name is David McAdam, and it is my joy to serve as your tour guide today as we navigate through the pages of the Bible, trusting that the Holy Spirit will enlighten our understanding. We are in the books of Isaiah and Ephesians today. We will see Christ in both books, Christ as the servant of the Lord in the Old Testament prophecy, and Christ as the head of the church, which is his body, in the book of Ephesians. So let's get started. Isaiah chapter 48 verse 12, and we will read through to chapter 50, verse 11, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Isaiah 48, verse 12, the Lord's call to Israel. Listen to me, O Jacob, and Israel whom I called. I am he, I am the first, and I am the last. My hand laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand spread out the heavens. When I call to them, they stand forth together. Assemble all of you and listen. Who among them has declared these things? The Lord loves him. He shall perform his purpose on Babylon, and his arm shall be against the Chaldeans. I, even I, have spoken and called him. I have brought him, and he will prosper in his way. Draw near to me. Hear this. From the beginning I have not spoken in secret. From the time it came to be, I have been there. And now the Lord God has sent me, and his Spirit. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments! Then your peace would have been like a river, and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your offspring would have been like the sand, and your descendants like its grains. Their name would never be cut off or destroyed from before me. Go out from Babylon, flee from Chaldea. Declare this with a shout of joy, proclaim it, send it out to the end of the earth. Say, The Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. They did not thirst when he led them through the deserts. He made water flow for them from the rock. He split the rock, and the water gushed out. There is no peace, says the Lord. For the wicked. Chapter 49 The Servant of the Lord. Listen to me, O coastlands, and give attention, you peoples from afar. The Lord called me from the womb, from the body of my mother he named my name. He made my mouth like a sharp sword, in the shadow of his hand he hid me. He made me a polished arrow, in his quiver he hid me away, and he said to me, You are my servant, Israel in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain, I have spent my strength for nothing and vanity, yet surely my right is with the Lord, and my recompense with my God. And now the Lord says, He who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him, 
for I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations, that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and His Holy One, to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nation, the servant of rulers, Kings shall see and arise, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves, because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. Thus says the Lord, In a time of favor I have answered you, in a day of salvation I have helped you. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, to establish the land, to apportion the desolate heritages, saying to the prisoners, Come out. To those who are in darkness, appear. They shall feed along the ways. On all bare heights shall be their pasture. They shall not hunger or thirst. Neither scorching wind nor sun shall strike them. For he who has pity on them will lead them, and by springs of water will guide them. And I will make all my mountains a road, and my highways shall be raised up. Behold, these shall come from afar, and behold, these from the north and from the west, and these from the land of Syene. Sing for joy, O heavens, and exult, O earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on his afflicted. But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Your builders make haste, your destroyers and those who laid you waste go out from you. Lift up your eyes around and see. They all gather, they come to you. As I live, declares the Lord, you shall put them all on as an ornament. You shall bind them on as a bride does. Surely your waste and your desolate places and your devastated land, surely now you will be too narrow for your inhabitants, and those who swallowed you up will be far away. The children of your bereavement will yet say in your ears, The place is too narrow for me, make room for me to dwell in. Then you will say in your heart, Who has borne me these? I was bereaved and barren, exiled and put away. But who has brought me these? Behold, I was left alone. From where have these come? Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will lift up my hand to the nations and raise my signal to the peoples, and they shall bring your sons in their arms, and your daughters shall be carried on their shoulders. Kings shall be your foster fathers, and their queens your nursing mothers. With their faces to the ground they shall bow down to you and lick the dust of your feet. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who wait for me shall not be put to shame. Can the prey be taken from the mighty, or the captives of a tyrant be rescued? For thus says the Lord, Even the captives of the mighty shall be taken, and the prey of the tyrant shall be rescued. For I will contend with those who contend with you, and I will save your children. I will make your oppressors eat their own flesh, and they shall be drunk with their own blood as with wine. Then all flesh shall know that I am the Lord your Savior and your Redeemer, 
the Mighty One of Jacob. Chapter 50 Israel's Sin and the Servant's Obedience Thus says the Lord, Where is your mother's certificate of divorce, with which I sent her away? Or which of my creditors is it to whom I have sold you? Behold, for your iniquities you were sold, and for your transgressions your mother was sent away. Why, when I came, was there no man? Why, when I called, was there no one to answer? Is my hand shortened, that it cannot redeem? Or have I no power to deliver? Behold, by my rebuke I dry up the sea, I make the rivers a desert. Their fish stink for lack of water, and die of thirst. I clothe the heavens with blackness, and I make sackcloth their covering. The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught, that I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. Morning by morning he awakens. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. I turned not backward. I gave my back to those who strike, and my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting. But the Lord God helps me. Therefore I have not been disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God helps me. Who will declare me guilty? Behold, all of them will wear out like a garment. The moth will eat them up. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the voice of his servant? Let him who walks in darkness and has no light trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Behold, all of you who kindle a fire, who equip yourselves with burning torches, walk by the light of your fire and by the torches that you have kindled. This you have from my hand. You shall lie down in torment. And this concludes our reading from today's passage from the Old Testament from the prophet Isaiah. Now, as is our custom, let us take a few moments to recap and reflect upon what we have just read. We can trust in God's timing in all things. He will judge and does judge Babylon and all that that city represents in Revelation chapter 17 and chapter 18. He will do so His way, by His means, and in His time. Assemble, all of you, and listen. Who among them has declared these things? The Lord loves him. He will carry out his good pleasure on Babylon, and his arm will be against the Chaldeans. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 14. If the people of Judah had obeyed the Lord from the start, they would have experienced peace and not war. But the Babylonian conquest and the 70-year captivity was due chastisement for their stubborn rebellion. Chapter 48, verses 18 and 19. When in Babylon, some of the Jews grew complacent. When Cyrus issued his decree, giving them permission to return to Jerusalem, many decided to stay because of their comforts and affluence. This serves as a warning for all those who get comfortable with their various bondages and don't take God's offer for deliverance. Jesus asked the man at the pool of Bethesda, Do you wish to be made whole? John chapter 5, verse 6. He had been in bondage to sitting on a pallet for 38 years, the same amount of years that Israel had been under the law in the wilderness. Jesus asks a probing question. Did he really want to take up his mat and walk? In John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. Do we really want to be free from that which keeps us in bondage? 
Go forth from Babylon, flee from the Chaldeans. Declare with the sound of joyful shouting. Proclaim this, send it out to the end of the earth. Say, the Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. Isaiah chapter 48 verse 20. Are we ready to move when God calls us? Do we cling to our comfort zone? Have we become passive when it comes to living in a culture that does not honor God? Isaiah will amplify the call to the Jewish remnant to depart from Babylon in chapter 52, and Paul uses it as a call to holiness in his New Testament letter to the Corinthians. Depart, depart, go out from there, touch nothing unclean, go out of the midst of her, purify yourselves, you who carry the vessels of the Lord, Isaiah chapter 52 verse 11. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you. Chapter 49 presents the Messiah as the true servant, the true Israel, ruled by God. There are four servant songs in Isaiah. The first was Isaiah chapter 42, verses 1 through 4. The second servant song is in chapter 49, verses 1 through 6. The third is found in chapter 50, verses 4 through 7, and the fourth in chapters 52, verse 13, through chapter 53, verse 12. Chapter 49, verse 1 through chapter 50, verse 3, presents Christ as God's servant in relationship to the Gentiles. Chapter 50, verse 4 through 11, presents Christ in relationship to his Father. And chapter 51, verse 1 through chapter 52, verse 12, presents Christ in relationship to Israel. The Messiah will raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the preserved ones of Israel. But the Lord says that he will also be a light to and of the nations, that is the Gentiles, in Isaiah chapter 49, verse 6. The Messiah's perfect obedience on behalf of his people will be the means whereby the people can keep their covenant commitment to God and be restored as heirs to the promise. Through the work of the Messiah, the Lord will make a way where there was no way. He will raise up a highway whereby the Gentiles will have access to God. God's favor shown to the Gentiles by no means indicates He is abandoning Israel. But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me, and the Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child and have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, but I will not forget you. Behold, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Isaiah chapter 49, verses 14 through 16. Salvation is of the Jews, in John chapter 4, verse 22. When Jesus and his disciples launched his messianic ministry, they went to the Jew first, in Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 through 6, chapter 15, verse 24, Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 49, Acts chapter 3, verse 25 through 26. The Apostle Paul spoke of the gospel being to the Jew first in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Only after Paul and Barnabas had ministered to the Jews first in the synagogues did they turn to focusing their ministry on the Gentiles in Acts chapter 13, verses 46 and 47. There is a greater deliverance in view than that provided by Cyrus's decree in 536 B.C. God will call the Jewish nation back to himself and gather them in their land. Gentiles will come to their light and kings to the brightness of their rising. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 3. A restored Israel will bring the nations into its state of blessing 
and they will adorn her as jewels adorn the neck of a bride. Isaiah chapter 49, verse 18. Warren Wearsby describes Israel's favor in the eyes of the Gentile nations, saying, Kings and queens will be babysitters for Israel's children. Referring to Isaiah chapter 49, verse 23. In both the deliverance of the Jews from their Babylonian captivity and their salvation in the future when they turn in faith to Christ, the Lord proves himself to be the Savior, the Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Isaiah chapter 49, verse 26. In chapter 50, the Lord shows himself to be Israel's constant lover, and yet she is an unfaithful wife. The Bible often refers to Israel as the wife of Yahweh. In Isaiah 54, verses 4 and 5, chapter 62, verses 1 through 5, Jeremiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, chapter 3, verses 1 through 11, Hosea chapter 2, and Ezekiel chapter 16. The Lord betrothed Israel to himself when he made a covenant with her at Sinai in Exodus chapters 19 and 20. However, Israel quickly played the harlot when she worshipped the golden calf and other idols throughout her history. Despite Israel's unfaithfulness, Yahweh did not issue a certificate of divorce. Under the Mosaic Covenant, if a divorce certificate was issued, the former marriage ends and the woman is free to marry again but cannot return to her former husband in Deuteronomy chapter 24 verses 1 through 4. The Lord does divorce the northern kingdom in Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 8, but not the southern kingdom of Judah. He would forgive her after her chastening by the Babylonians and receive her back to himself. Isaiah gives another picture of a family sold into servitude. To whom of my creditors did I sell you? Behold, you were sold for your iniquities. In other words, they were the ones who sold themselves into slavery, not God. As for the Lord, his hand is not so short that it cannot ransom, so weak that it has no power to deliver, in chapter 50, verse 2. He superintends over all the events, good and bad, chapter 50, verse 3. Verse 4 introduces the third servant song. Whereas his suffering is hinted at in the first two songs, it is more obvious here. In the fourth servant song, Isaiah chapter 52, verse 12 through chapter 53, verse 12, we will see that this suffering was necessary for our redemption. The title, Lord God, is used four times here and signifies his sovereign authority. No one takes his life from him. He voluntarily lays it down. Jesus makes this clear in John chapter 10, verse 18, when he says, No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down of my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. In Isaiah chapter 50, verse 6, I gave my back to those who strike me, and my cheeks to those who pluck out the beard. I did not cover my face from humiliation and spitting. Jesus rose early to seek the will of God the Father in Mark chapter 1 verse 35. He prayed for guidance in John chapter 11 verse 42. Jesus was dedicated to doing only what pleased his Father, John chapter 5 verse 19 and verse 30, chapter 6 verse 38 and chapter 8 verse 28. For our sake he meditated upon the word that we might have his word sustaining us. His perfect obedience is in view. Isaiah chapter 50 verses 4 through 5. The Lord God has given me the tongue of disciples, that I may know how to sustain the weary one with a word. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not disobedient, 
nor did I turn back. Jesus was determined to lay down his life to atone for our sins. He set his face like a flint to go to Jerusalem, in Luke chapter 9, verse 51, to endure the suffering of the cross. For the Lord God helps me, therefore I am not disgraced, therefore I have set my face like flint, and I know that I will not be ashamed. Isaiah chapter 50, verse 7. Isaiah chapter 50, verse 10, is a call to faith in Christ. Who is among you that fears the Lord, that obeys the voice of his servant, that walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Some people try to deal with darkness by kindling their own fire and walking in the light of their vain philosophies and plans of salvation instead of walking in the light of the Son of God. Behold, all of you who kindle a fire, who encircle yourselves with firebrands, walk in the light of your fire and among the brands you have set ablaze. This you will have from my hand. You will lie down in torment. Isaiah chapter 50, verse 11. Now let's go to today's reading from the book of Ephesians in the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 through verse 32. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. The New Life. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about Him and were taught in Him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. And this is the end of our reading from today's passage from the New Testament in Paul's letter to the Ephesians. We are made new in Christ. Therefore, we are called to walk in the newness of our life in Christ. Have you learned the truth of Christ's life? It is Christ-like. We are not to imitate the lives of those who are not in Christ. Paul references the pagan lifestyle of the Ephesians as walking as the unconverted Gentiles in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. We are to think differently, no longer walking in the futility of the natural mind. We have the Word and the Spirit, enlightening the eyes of our heart's understanding. Chapter 4, verse 18, chapter 1, verse 18. We are no longer alienated from the life of God. Therefore, we are no longer ignorant or helpless. 
we have wisdom, revelation, and the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Our old hearts were callous, hard, impure, sensuous, and greedy. But we have learned by experience, having come to know Jesus personally as our Lord and Savior, that His life is altogether different. It is altogether holy. As Christians alive to God and His righteousness, we must be diligent to put off the old self. The old self does not get better. It is corrupt and being corrupted. We should have a distaste for any semblance of its inclinations and behavioral patterns. Paul tells us to be watchful of our speech. Is there any hint of our Adamic nature coming out in our communication? We are to lay aside falsehood and speak the truth in love, letting no corrupt communication proceed out of our mouths, but that which is good for edification and is according to the need of the moment, ministering grace to the hearers, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. We are to guard our hearts from any resentment, bitterness, jealousy, or anger. We must resolve conflicts in a God-honoring, timely way, not letting the sun go down on our wrath. We need both spirit-empowered dehabituation, putting off the old habits, and rehabituation, putting on the new ones. For example, no longer stealing, but instead becoming fiscally solvent and a generous giver to those in need. Chapter 4, verse 28. We are learning Christ by being sensitive to the witness of the Holy Spirit, who is grieved when we sin, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Learning Christ means that the Holy Spirit is shedding the love of God abroad in our hearts, in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, and we are tender-hearted and kind to one another, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also has forgiven us, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Now let's go to today's reading from the book of Psalms, Psalm 69, verses 1 through 18. Save me, O God, to the choir master, according to lilies, of David, Psalm 69. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire where there is no foothold. I have come into deep waters, and the flood sweeps over me. I am weary with my crying out. My throat is parched. My eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. More in number than the hairs of my head are those who hate me without cause. Mighty are those who would destroy me, those who attack me with lies. What I did not steal must I now restore? O oh God, you know my folly. The wrongs I have done are not hidden from you. Let not those who hope in you be put to shame through me, O Lord God of hosts. Let not those who seek you be brought to dishonor through me, O God of Israel. For it is for your sake that I have borne reproach, that dishonor has covered my face. I have become a stranger to my brothers, an alien to my mother's sons. For zeal for your house has consumed me, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. When I wept and humbled my soul with fasting, it became my reproach. When I made sackcloth my clothing, I became a byword to them. I am the talk of those who sit in the gate, and the drunkards make songs about me. But as for me, my prayer is to you, O Lord. At an acceptable time, O God, in the abundance of your steadfast love, answer me in your saving faithfulness. Deliver me from sinking in the mire. Let me be delivered from my enemies and from the deep waters. Let not the flood sweep over me, or the deep swallow me up, or the pit close its mouth over me. Answer me, O Lord, 
for your steadfast love is good. According to your abundant mercy, turn to me. Hide not your face from your servant, for I am in distress. Make haste to answer me. Draw near to my soul. Redeem me. Ransom me because of my enemies. Psalm 69 is the psalm that is quoted most often in the New Testament, except for Psalms 22 and 110. It has been described as a psalm pulsating with pain. In our reading of the servant song from the prophet Isaiah in chapter 50 of Isaiah, we got a preview of the sufferings of Christ in the Old Testament. We get another here in Psalm 69, although the man crying out in this psalm admits that he is not sinless in verse 5. Jesus was sinless, yet he was treated as one who was numbered with the transgressors, Isaiah chapter 53 verse 12 and Luke chapter 22 verse 37. This man cries out, and yet there seems to be no answer. Yet he knows God is good and will answer according to his love and mercy. The psalmist is a recipient of human cruelty and injustice, and like him, Jesus knew what it meant to be hated without a cause. Those who hate me without a cause are more than the hairs of my head. Those who would destroy me are powerful, being wrongfully my enemies. What I did not steal, I then have to restore. Psalm 69, verse 4. Jesus refers to this passage in John chapter 15, verse 25. But they have done this to fulfill the word that was written in their law. They hated me without a cause. His suffering seems to be the consequence of his obedience. He is mindful that the stigma that has come upon him could put others to shame and may cause them to take offense. As a result, he is alienated from his friends and family in verses 6 through 8. Jesus experienced the scorn of his family in John chapter 7 verse 5 and Mark chapter 3 verses 31 and 32. Jesus experienced scorn because he was identified with God and people scorned God. For zeal for your house has consumed me, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. Psalm 69 verse 9. The Apostle John relates this to Christ in John chapter 2 verse 17, and Paul relates this to Christ in Romans chapter 15 verse 3. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. The psalmist perseveres in prayer with his anchor cast upon the truth of God's steadfast love that is good and merciful. In verse 13 and 16. We can say that Jesus is the answer to the following prayer of the psalmist. O draw near to my soul and redeem it. Ransom me because of my enemies. Psalm 69 verse 18. And now for our final stop on our Bible reading tour, we go to the book of Proverbs, chapter 24, verses 5 and 6. A wise man is full of strength, and a man of knowledge enhances his might. For by wise guidance you can wage your war, and in abundance of counselors there is victory. The point being made in this set of Proverbs is that to be victorious or successful, there must be wise guidance. It is this wisdom that gives you strength and the upper hand in the conflicts of life. Let's join our hearts in prayer. O Lord God, thank you for hearing our desperate cry for salvation. We had no leg to stand on. Our own foundation for righteousness was as quicksand, reproving us of our hypocrisy. We thank you for revealing Christ to us as our only hope for our rescue and for drawing us to his thorn-pierced brow his wounded side, and showing us his nail-pierced hands. 
He was numbered among the transgressors and bore our iniquities. The chastisement that brought us peace fell upon him who knew no sin. By his stripes we have been healed. As those who have been reconciled, help us to put off the old self and put on the new, no longer thinking or behaving as those who are not converted. May we walk in the newness of life as a testimony of your saving grace. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks for joining us in the journey in our Bible reading tour. I trust your soul has been encouraged, and God willing, we will be with you tomorrow to continue our journey through the book of Isaiah and the book of Ephesians with our stops in the book of Psalms and Proverbs. If you would like a written commentary, you can subscribe to a daily email by going to our website, newlife.org. And if you'd like to contact us with any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can write to us at podcast at newlife.org. Consider inviting others to join you as you work towards this goal of reading through the Bible in a year. And we trust that this podcast will be an encouragement. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, may God's saving grace be evident in your life as you walk in the newness of it. In Jesus' name. Shalom.